You're listening to Grow Yourself Up, a weekly mental health podcast hosted by Kath Cunahan. I'm a psychotherapist, writer, and speaker working in private practice in London. I specialize in the impact of our own childhood on our parenting and how we can heal and integrate our childhood trauma, wounding, and stress so that we can inhabit our full adult selves. Join us each week as we talk about all things growing ourselves up, how we can tend to ourselves in our parenting, generational healing, and overcoming the impacts of childhood trauma. Together, we will become more self-compassionate, connected, authentic, resilient, and heart-centered, so we can live our own full and beautiful lives. As a listener of this podcast, you're welcome to come over and join the Facebook group. So search on Facebook for Grow Yourself Up. It's a private Facebook group of all the listeners. And did you know there are journal prompts that go along with every episode? So sign up for the journal prompts on kathcunahan.com or go to my Instagram, kathcunahan, and sign up at the link in the bio there. And you will get my newsletter, Nurture, Heal, Grow, which contains all the journal prompts. Looking forward to seeing you in the Facebook group. The podcast is produced each week by the wonderful Audio Cafe. Thanks for being here. It's episode 28 of Grow Yourself Up. It is the week just before Christmas, and um, I wanted to expressly address times like this, which are, um, so it's a holiday time for many of us. In fact, I think across the world, this is the time when most people um, have a break between the week of Christmas and New Year, even if it's not a country that's predominantly Christian. And um, so there's a huge focus on holiday time, on um, the kind of the, the projection of what holiday time means. Um, and often that's all about a big fantasy, which no one's actually living out. But that's also what we kind of compare ourselves against. So we create a, a projection of what we think it's going to be like, and then we um, assess our own experience against that. And in some ways, there's nothing worse when it feels like the whole world is having a joyful, perfect, rosy and glowing time with their wonderful families. <laughs> and um, we are miserable or depressed or feeling worthless or like we've messed everything up because this is also a time of year when we tend to um, be a bit retrospective or we look kind of back over the, the calendar year and assess what happened in that year. And, um, you know, whatever, we might just find ourselves wanting or not be happy about the way things gone. And no one ever kind of assesses themselves in a very positive light. So I really want to um, address some of these issues. Essentially, I want to pull the veil back. So I want to pull the veil back on this fantasy of everything being perfect and also to highlight why, in fact, you may find this time really difficult um, so that you don't uh, berate yourself more. Because sometimes, like, for example, during the pandemic, um, there were times when I just felt so depressed and like, what on earth is going on in our world? And listening to um, people who I found inspiring really, really helped me. It kind of helped me refocus myself. So I want to offer this to you as a resource when you're feeling like everything is shit, basically. First thing I want to say is um, don't go into your head alone too much. This time often involves a complete shift in routine. So our context totally changes, which is a huge factor in terms of how um, 
the safety we perceive in our environment. And so normally, um, well, usually you may have a routine, which is kind of whatever you do in your daily life. And you've probably built your routine to ground you into your life. So um, perhaps you have a little morning routine. Um, perhaps if you have kids, you don't have a morning routine, but you may do things throughout the day, like have your cup of coffee in the morning or your cup of tea or your lemon water. You may go to your gym or you may do your yoga stretches or go for your run in the park or the forest or um, do your stretches in your bedroom and have various different things throughout the day that anchor you to your day and that keep you regulated enough and those kind of those kind of support structures scaffolded into your life often get ripped away at times like this because you may be traveling you probably if you have kids you have everyone on holiday so you have way less time suddenly um even if you work full time when your kids are off school there's definitely less time basically for you and um you might be staying in someone else's house so it's difficult to um, do all the things that you usually do to um, keep yourself on your window of tolerance so this is also not a time to go into your head and assess your life if you're having um giant overwhelming feelings it's likely that something has been activated or triggered and this might be much more likely to happen um when you're first of all in your family of origin when you're doing a lot of um, traveling or you are staying in someone's house because you um, are having to cope with a whole lot of new um, situations, you don't have the things that you normally um, help support you and ground you. And being in a big group situation or a family situation is very um, stimulating. So I really want to urge you to just try and get yourself into the present moment as much as possible and to help really orientate or orient to your surroundings. So to notice actually what's around you, what are your surroundings like? One of the best ways to kind of ground ourselves is to use our exteroception. Um, so remember, we've talked about um, neuroception before. That's the way that our nervous system picks up signs of either safety or danger from our environment on a constant basis, operating out of our awareness. And neuroception, which is a term from uh, Stephen Porges from polyvagal theory, is is made up of two things. So it's made up of interoception and exteroception. So exteroception is what's going on in our relationships. Um, so, you know, your relationship with your children, with your partner, with your family, with your friends, and then what's going on in the world, the wider context of what's going on in the world. And then our interoception is what's going on in our bodies. So, for example, if we are hungry, or if we need the loo, or if we're, um, if we have period pains and we've got stomach cramps, then we may pick up more signs of danger from our own body. If we have a lot of uh, bodily sensations, um, associated with certain things, particularly if we suppress stuff in childhood, we might have very, um, you know, our own internal uh, sensations might send us a lot of signals of danger. So, you know, if you are um, getting a lot of signs of danger from the environment, which you may be doing if you're in an unfamiliar environment, if you're back in your family of origin, just in, in any environment which is more challenging, you'll naturally get more signs of danger. And this nervous system piece is incredibly important because um, if you look, so I'm drawing now on the body of work from Deb Dana, 
and um, Stephen Porges. And Deb Dana has um, conceptualized this idea of the autonomic ladder. So she breaks down um, our, the kind of the, the, the states of our nervous system into, she kind of categorizes three main states. It's more complicated than that. They are blended states. And also within the states, there's actually a lot of kind of gradation. But if we look broadly at the, um, she conceptualizes at a ladder where at the top we have ventral vagal, which is our state where we are um, in our social engagement system. We're quite connected. We have the possibility of feeling um, hopeful. There's possibility. Our frontal cortex is online. I would broadly equate that um, to being within our window of tolerance. Then um, if you have a, a few danger signals coming into your system, you may be sent into what she calls the sympathetic state. And there you're feeling more mobilized in your system. That is actually where fight and flight um, and freeze reside. So you feel more, oh, I need to take some action now. There's a kind of a threat level has gone up. And then if you get more danger signals coming into your body, you plunge into dorsal. This is all Deb Dana's work. And dorsal vagal um, is actually the oldest from an evolutionary perspective. It's the oldest place in our nervous system. It's the, it's the place where um, what's the, it's the, the state of our nervous system, which helped keep us alive if we needed to play dead. So if we needed to get away from an animal and, um, we would go into freeze, which is dorsal vagal, sort of play dead so that they wouldn't eat us essentially. Now I know that I'm shoving in a lot of, um, theory here. And the key, don't get kind of bamboozled by all the terms. The key thing to, to realize is, is that your nervous system is doing this always out of your awareness. Always, always, always. This is operational. This is, this is keeping you alive. This is our old survival wiring. Sorry, I've still got a bit of a cold. And, um, so if things become, um, too much for you, you will feel overwhelmed and go into a place of shutdown. That, that word of I feel overwhelmed, it, it does denote a lot that we kind of, in some sense, go underwater and we feel shut down. And that is a place where we feel kind of, we can feel disconnected, dissociated. And why this nervous system piece is so important is that, um, again, this is work from the somatic teaching, um, space, Deb Dana and others also speak about this, that our psychological story, so i.e. the cognitions that come out of your brain that you kind of speaking and making up and everything are driven by our nervous system state. So if the situation you're in feels really overwhelming and you've plunged into a state of shutdown, nothing that you, that you, none of the stories that come out of your, your mouth or your, that you're thinking at that point are going to be like, Oh yeah, I've got a great life. This is really full of possibility. You're going to be thinking like, Oh my God, everything has gone to shit. This is all terrible. I hate everything. Like I've made a disaster of my life. Um, you might be in touch with a lot of shame. Um, you might think I've made a massive mistake with the life choices I've made. Like everything's disastrous. I've got a terrible job, blah, 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 like a cascade of disaster. And that's why I say don't go into your head alone in these times, because what we most want to, um, kind of help ourselves with is in those times is to kind of notice, Oh, okay. Look where I am. I'm in that place. Things have been so stressful for me. So I've plunged into this place of shutdown. And now I can see, I can see how this plays out. I can see that I'm in a place of shame. So I'm thinking that my life is like a catastrophic failure. And 
we, we then can act from that place or, or feel like everything is really disastrous and it's not. And you may be more likely to be plunged into this at this time because of the, um, the isolation from your normal life, the traveling, the additional pressure, the kids being on holiday. There's multiple different reasons and all the individual things that happen in your life. Really notice all of that. I know that I've kind of talked about a lot of theory here, but what I mainly want you to notice is that because of the kind of construct of this time of Christmas, the additional pressure that we put on this time, the idea that we think we should be having a nice time, we should relax, we should have created like a magical time, all of that brings with so much pressure. And you might be racing around the country trying to see people or relatives or whatever. And... um the additional strain of trying to keep yourself regulated amidst this, your children, pack, blah, 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 cater, all of that. Really, really stressful. What we really want to be doing now is to notice what's going on in our own systems and to give ourselves signs of safety. If you're in a shutdown place, it can be, feel even difficult to kind of scrape yourself off the sofa. It can feel like impossible to, to mobilize in any way. So I want to suggest kind of three things that really help us as as human animals, because we are animals that help all of us generally as human animals. The first one is self-compassion. That's one of my absolute favorite all-time topics, as you may know. So even just extending to yourself an acknowledgement, oh, wow, I can feel I'm really feeling overwhelmed. Okay. Okay, sweetie. Okay, angel. Okay, poppet. Okay, darling. Whatever word you want to say, let me see what I can do to kind of ease some of that overwhelm. And to notice that the stories you're telling yourself in that moment are not true. They are true for that state, but they are not a true representation of your life because you're in a very shut down place. And so your view is limited. Really remember that in that place, your view is limited. So self-compassion, movement, any type of movement is like magic. It helps give our system input, which returns us to a much more regulated state. So we in Deb Dana's words, we go up the autonomic ladder and we, um, we kind of, we, we, our, sh- our view shifts and then our, um, our story about our life shifts and we much, we have more capacity to cope, to problem solve whatever we might need to problem solve and to see that, um, those thoughts that were coming from a place of shutdown are not the truth. So movement and then making a plan. So to do lists and plans are actually very, very um, grounding. And it can be really useful at this time of year, even particularly actually when you're staying in other people's houses and it feels like everything is a bit out of control because you don't know when the meal is coming. You don't know what you're going to be fed. You don't know how you need to help. You do, you, you know, it might be really um, discombobulating to be staying in different places, all of those sort of things. So if you can make a plan for your days, even if you make that the night before and you think about what will help you feel regulated, what makes you experience joy. Um, even if it's absolutely freezing in the place you are, can you go and play snowballs for 10 or like, no, what are they called? Like, yeah, make snowballs or have a snowball fight or something just to get outside and get some movement. Think about how you can plan things so that you can give yourself some space for creation of your own joy, maybe a little bit of rest space. How can you structure things so that you're not, um, constantly feeling overwhelmed and in that place where it feels like there's no hope and possibility because what we give energy to we empower so we really want to be giving ourselves energy to to or kind of empowering our own day instead of instead of getting stuck in a place of shutdown 
because when we're in a place of shutdown, it can feel like we're never going to get out of that. So these three very simple things, some self-compassion, any movement, exercise is brilliant for reorganizing our sort of sense of self and giving us a sense of, okay, I'm in the here now and I'm actually safe now and um, I can come up with a plan that will help me. Yeah, there's um, so much I can say about this, but I want to keep this kind of concise this week. Think about how you can return yourself to a, to a sense of safety and things that stimulate joy for you, that nourish you, will help you with that. Even make a list of resources before you go anywhere and remember to draw on those. I'm sending you so much love in this holiday time and I wish you some beautiful, beautiful moments. And also I really want to say to you, be realistic as well. Know that there'll probably be some kind of crap times amidst this time, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. And you don't have to focus on that relentlessly. You can focus on magnifying the joy and magnifying the beauty because there will also be that. So really notice where you're focusing. Okay. Take really good care. You've been listening to Grow Yourself Up, hosted by Kath Cunahan. We'll be back next week with a new episode supporting you to better understand and tend to yourself for more heart-centered, connected, authentic, and resilient living.